uh, is a special guest from uh, the last episode. Hey guys, I'm Martin Reimer. Glad to be back again. Yep, good to have you. Yeah. And today we're going to be doing the uh, 12 most important innovations in video games. It's really nice to have you back, Martin. Yeah, yeah uh, glad last to be week's here. Episode went really, really well, so we thought we would yeah. have you back again. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and especially since you have such a, you know, vast, you know, knowledge of gaming, like Nick and I, you know, like yeah. you go way back. So the topic of 12 best innovations really fits well for you as well. Yeah. So I'm glad to have you again. Um, what we're going to do this time is, you know, typically we have a 10 best, and then Nick and I'll split it, but. There are so many great innovations. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just gonna try and get it down. We got it down to twelve, and we, even then we're kind of cheating and scrunching some stuff. <laughs> uh, we we really could probably do fifteen or more, but yeah. uh, we we kind of we got it to a lean twelve, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna go in a chronological order. Yeah. So yeah, they're not really ranked by like you know this is we thought this was most important or you know yeah. whatever. Yeah. There's no there's no yeah. ranking here. Um, Chronological seems to work best. Yeah. Gives us an opportunity to discuss, you know, this thing that we love so much. Yeah. And uh, we'll just get things started right off the bat with our first um, big innovation. Yeah, so I guess we decided that, you know, as we were just kind of jotting down innovations, that a big one for us was uh, in uh, around uh, 1985 or so was uh, the D-pad, you know, on the Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, before that, you know, like with the Atari 2600, everything, you had the joystick. Yeah. yeah. You know. Which felt very natural at the time. When yeah, you get this D-pad and you hold it in your hand, you're like, this feels Yeah, it's like, right. you know, in the oh, arcades, yeah. in the arcades, you had the joystick. Atari gave you the joystick. Yep. And, yeah, so now you got the D-pad. And Change like, things forever. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody so uses... Why did we not do this before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody uses joysticks anymore unless it's Dragon's Lair and you're my brother and you come over and you bitch about it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, the D-pad was a great big deal. It came out in 85, like you said. Uh, you know, another big thing with the NES was um, they're, they're, the way they handled uh, quality control. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the, the video game crashed. Yeah, you know, it, was, it, was, it was a necessity, really. Is uh, I mean I, I'll let you I'm I, I'm interrupting I'm sorry no no you're just you're just adding in uh, for me I mean the D pad was great and huge but I I almost rank this right at the top of important innovations in gaming um, because it was something that was necessary to do to regain consumer trust and uh, you know you weren't gonna get some you know piece of junk game released with hardly any effort put into it and capitalized just like E.T. Yeah, cause, cause <laughs> I kind of yeah I joked with you that it's like it's it's funny that you have to say that making quality games is an innovation yeah yeah it, it, it doesn't seem like that even you know really makes sense like you should be making quality games anyway yeah but but yeah I mean it absolutely was because you know you got those games you know like you were saying that you know E.T. has got that bad reputation and I mean there's Everybody in that day had to make a video game. There was like the Kool Aid Man video game, and there there was a video game for like a dog food brand. It was like Chase the like Chuck Alpo. Wagon. <laughs> yeah, and I mean this just 
everybody was throwing out video games. And we're kind of seeing that trend again, I think, with the mobile yeah. games. Where At The App oh, Store definitely. is just a yeah. wasteland of, yeah. you know, junk. Well, and I think that's why, you know, in iOS 11, Apple decided to change that up, right? So yeah. they've got kind of that curated now. Yeah. So it's like smart. you've got like the top games of the day, right? So you're not scrolling through just garbage, garbage, garbage. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, Nintendo said, you know, like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to put this fence up. You know, like you're not getting past mm-hmm. this fence. You can only, yeah. um, you can only develop a handful of titles a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we're, we're, you know, everything's going to go on our cartridges. I mean, like everything was very uniformed and done their way and mm-hmm. they were very strict. And even though it ruffled some feathers, um, it, it's really a practice that's been adopted in all of console gaming, you know, rather than putting out 10, 12, 15, as much as you can, you spend all your time and money on a handful of titles, make them really good, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, and then put it out. People will buy those games. They'll yeah. buy a lot of that game yeah. and not just have a few purchases of many titles, like a shotgun blast. Yeah. You know, they may buy yeah. a few of this one or a few of yeah. that one. Well, and I think also it kept those games exclusive to Nintendo, right? I mean, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes legal constraints, right, that a lot of the developers and publishers weren't happy about. Yeah. But, um, you know, with that seal, it kept it on that platform, right? Yeah, it, true, true. Um, they, they, I think they had to sign contracts and stuff. And there were all oh, kinds yeah. of stipulations, too. Like, I think we talked about it once, too, Nick, where if, if you released a game for the NES, you weren't allowed to release that same game as it is on another console. Like, you had to reinvent the game, yeah. which is why, like, versions of Batman on the Genesis was different than, like, on the NES. Yeah. The version of Aladdin was different on, you know... I mean, they, there, yeah, there yeah. were reasons why they, they were different I think games. it was actually a different developer in that with Aladdin. Yeah, it might have yeah. been. But uh, it, it's really interesting how companies try to get around it, too. Like, with Konami, they were releasing games left <laughs> and right. They, yeah. they came up with their own, like, Shadow Company, like Ultra, <laughs> and released, you know, four or five games under Ultra, too. Yeah. And some of those games were on the fringe of not being good. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. it, it was really, it was yeah. there for a reason. There was a lot of thought behind it, and it saved video gaming. Yeah. Brought it back from the from the dead. I yeah. remember Ultra was kind of like that name, like, you know, ultra. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're not really not sure that, what it was. Well, but. The Turtles game got like, released it, under Ultra, and that's yeah, the reason it was it even did. on my radar. Yeah. yeah. But I think there was like, there were other games. I remember like, you know, you would get an NES game, it would oftentimes come with like a poster, and there would be a couple of titles released at that same time, I, or yeah. maybe off it, in the future. It did have those titles I was interested in, but at the same time, it was like something about the quality, though. Yeah. They was like, oh, well, it's And that's ultra, because they were stretching so, you know, themselves right. out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, Acclaim was kind of guilty of doing stuff like yeah. that, too. Um, and, but, I mean, like, imagine a world where you have LJNs and oceans just, like, mm. chunking, Ocean. like, <laughs> <laughs> just pooping out games. Uh, it's not good games. So, you know, for me, as big as the D-pad was, that, that Nintendo quality, even though the seal itself was kind of didn't mean anything, mm-hmm. the real purpose of the seal was to just prevent companies from developing as many titles as they wanted to. Yeah. Man, but, you know, you mentioned the thing about the exclusive games, you know, to the consoles. Like, they're, they're making these contracts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, the big deal with Capcom that they were having Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo and it was exclusive on the Super yeah. Nintendo well, and then like behind the scenes they're they're going to bring it on the Genesis but yeah. they can't have 
Street Fighter 2 because it's exclusive to the Nintendo. So, right. okay, well, we'll give you guys Street Fighter 2 Champions Edition. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're all excited about that. Like, yeah. yes, we're getting the newest one. But then in the arcade, Turbo Street Fighter 2 now is already coming out. <laughs> yeah. And so Super Nintendo's going to get Turbo Street Fighter 2. And then Super and so now, that. well, And <laughs> so Genesis isn't happy about that. And but their version's not out yet, so they get Street Fighter Two Special Champions Edition, <laughs> which has really Turbo is like included. It it was yeah. actually, and I didn't really remember that at the time, but it was really two Street Fighter games in one. You could in the menu because, and I went back and I played it the other day just because I was kind of reminiscing about it, and yeah. and yeah, it was actually two games. You could wow. in the title screen you could pick either Champion Edition or Turbo, and you could either play like one version or the other. Wow! It, now, it, I mean, it, it it you know it wasn't perfect. It was Genesis, obviously. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they, they did what they could. Things like you know, because how there there were background like color differences like between Champions Edition yeah. and Turbo. Like it had like the sunset like on Guile's stage because I was noticing that it was like the Turbo colors. It wasn't mm. like the Champions Edition like version of that background. Yeah when you selected one or the other and so i mean you know it was just little things like that but it kept the moves like chun li would have her fireball and thing you know things like that they they actually had the turbo street fighter 2 moves in special champions edition (laughs) you know and then super nintendo got turbo street fighter 2 and then they both ended up getting super street fighter 2 it was just it was crazy mess yeah, back back when the Sega and Nintendo was a when they were big rivals, you know, the, yeah. the great console wars. Um, but you know, yeah, that that's that's our number one. We shoved a couple in there, but they were both yep. huge, really, really big uh, controllers. To this day, still have D pads, and yep. you know, people still except know, for the Switch. In spirit, it's there. It, it feels like a D-pad to your thumb when you're like Nintendo playing. betrayed us. <laughs> it was yours, and it, you know, and everybody cries about like the Xbox 360's D-pad. I think you know, nobody. Oh yeah, well, they're they're for sure been like better versions. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they're at least still around. So um, that's our number one, Nick. What's yep. our number two? All right, yeah. So number two, uh, portable gaming. Like when the mm. Game Boy came out in 1989. Game Boy, yeah. yeah. Game Boy was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I remember summer of 89 getting my Game Boy and then that little game Tetris came out. Oh, yeah. A yeah. game I never knew that I would I wanted so bad. It was <laughs> yeah. such an addictive game. My my first memory really of the Game Boy, I'm looking like through a magazine and like I see a picture of Super Mario Land yeah. and I'm just amazed at just the thought of being able to play Super Mario Brothers oh, yeah. anywhere. Yeah. That well that but, was why I wanted a Game Boy was the Super Mario Land. But that game was so strange. It was. I mean it not was not developed by Nintendo either, really? Or was it weren't uh, they kinda like ported or developed by another company? You know, I'm not sure. I thought I maybe read that somewhere. Yeah, I'm not I'm not positive Sorry if I'm wrong. wrong. <laughs> I think but, it was a it might have been a developer within Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But um I can't remember who it was. But. You know what? I'm probably just thinking like Miyamoto didn't have anything to do with it. No, he did not. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. That, that's yeah. probably yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. And, and there was like, you know, it's very different than the others. I mean, like Martin was saying, because it, it wasn't Princess Peach, it was Daisy, but she looked yeah. exactly like Peach. Yeah. yeah. It, there were differences like with, because uh, there were characters that looked like Koopa Troopas, but if you jumped on them, they turned into a bomb. Yeah. And there was the shoot 'em up and, levels too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a submarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then just the feel of the jumping, jumping and movement was just. Not Super Mario Brothers. It was yeah. very different. Yes. It was the Golden Coins game, the Mario 2, that really felt very Super Mario-like. That, yeah. I think that's when yeah. it kind of got it, back on It was kind of like a Mario 3 kind of hybrid yeah. type thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but back to the portability of the games. Like I remember just like the imagining being able to ride in the backseat of a car and play a video games. Oh, yeah. It that, was huge. You know, that, that it changed the family trip. But only during the day. Only during the day. Yeah. Well, no, I had a little add-on with a magnifier and a light. <laughs> but it was still hard to see with that little light. Eric had that whole thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, light yeah. boy? Yeah, it was the light boy. Yeah, the light boy. And then there was the worm. The, extra, the worm, like, remember that? Joystick no, thing. Oh, yeah, there was worm. like a little worm light. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I remember a light. Yeah, but yeah, there, there were so many add-ons for that oh, Game Boy, gosh, and the yeah. Game Boy lived for a long, long time. Long yeah. time, man, and it was huge. Yeah, it was really big. Yeah, yeah and it changed iterations. It was physically big too. I mean, yeah, it was if, massive. If, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like a big brick. Well, yeah. that battery pack thing was. I mean, it took oh, how yeah. many batteries? I guess was it only four days, uh, or was it more than that? I think it was four, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that's like four, I think. Yeah. I just remember that battery pack being real big and chunky. The, yeah. the Game Gear ate batteries. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that it really was, did. Uh, but, at least it had a color screen, though. Yeah. You know, but bring you up could the see Gear, anything I mean, on it. it. The Game Boy was so big, and nobody ever challenged Nintendo, too. Like Everybody had their portable versions of their system. Yeah. Sometimes, most times, superior to Game Boy. Game, mm-hmm. The Game Gear was color. Uh, the Turbo Graphics that... that um, what, what do they call it? The Express? Turbo Express. Express yeah. was a Turbo Graphics. It was a 16 That was bit. amazing. And you could play yeah. the same games. Yep, the Hue cards Graphics just would go right And it had the little TV tuner. The TV yeah. tuner, TV right. On yeah. it. And, you know, and then on and on. But Nintendo just kept chunking along with that yeah. little, you know, black and white. They, they, would, ref, they would refine it. Yeah. They'd make it slimmer. Right. They'd and give it a backlight they eventually. They'd tease you. They were like, you know, the ga- they've gone color. The Game Boy Color comes out. But it's still the black and white Game Boy. Yeah, it's yeah. just a color case. You know? Like, oh, it's going to be color finally? No, no, no. Yeah. But you spent the Game Boy itself as color. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, people bought them. They yeah. just bought them in typical it, it, Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, it it like, was cool, though, that you could take your Game Boy game, stick it in there, and now you had at least a color palette to it, right? Yeah. You know, that was that was pretty neat. Speaking of this, is not portable, but remember that thing that you could get for your uh, Super Nintendo? You plug in, you put in like a Game oh, Boy Oh, the game. game Boy Player, yeah, yeah Super yeah. Game Boy Player, yeah. yeah. Then, oh, that was great. And yeah, it had the custom had... theme around it and mm-hmm. everything, yeah. And there were like color palettes built into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. things you'd never seen in color before. Yeah, so like that Donkey Kong game was built really for that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the one they always pushed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, portability was huge. I mean, and, it, and it's only since taken off even more with like mobile gaming and stuff, but... yeah. Um, the Game Boy, I mean, props to Game Game and Watch. <laughs> they, I guess yeah. they oh, were yeah. like in Tiger Electronics. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. But but yeah. Game Boy was a legit console, like in your hand. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they there was it was had cartridges that you could swap out. You know, yeah. the LCD games. That was it. You know? Yeah, I have lots right. of great memories, just like lying in my bed playing a Game Boy with you know whatever kind of light I can oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to yeah. So. trying to adjust it yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah portable gaming that that's for sure oh, yeah. big innovation yeah, and it would get blurry too like as you oh move. yeah because oh, yeah. if you were standing it still it wasn't even black and white too. you could it was see like it pukey green yeah. 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 and as soon as you start running it's like kind of blurry and you can't mm-hmm. see it yeah. as well yeah um, so yeah that's our number two portable yep. gaming and specifically the Game Boy yeah the Game Boy was and it's still I mean, there's, you know, the, the DS and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. Game Boy, 
Nintendo in general, and Nintendo has got a lot of these innovations, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you can give Nintendo flack for a lot of things for good reason, but uh, they always are pushing. Yeah. You know, their little gimmicks. Sometimes they hit big, sometimes they're fine for the moment. Yeah. uh, And they just reveal themselves to be the novelty they are, but, you know, portable gaming is still a big part of our life. Yeah. All right, Nick, what's number three? All right, number three, we're into the. Super NES era, 1991, oh, yeah. uh, had shoulder buttons on the controllers. That yeah. Everybody's oh, yeah. got like a shoulder button, a trigger, or something mm-hmm. oh, yeah. on the controllers now. Big innovation. Yeah. Um, gave you access to more you know, inputs. Yeah. You have more mm-hmm. inputs for your games. Yeah. Great for the arcade conversions, like Street Fighter 2. Yeah, can you imagine yeah. trying to play Street I mean, it's 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 uh, awkward to do it well, that way, but well, at least like you have it. On the Genesis, Genesis with the three the buttons. The Genesis yeah. version, yeah, because they, they came out with a special six-button controller. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what you had to do, because it had the three buttons, you had to hit the start button to toggle between... Really? Punch I did not oh, wow. know yeah. that. They're, all three buttons oh are punch. And then you hit start. Now they're all kicks. <laughs> you want to go back that. to punch, wow. hit start again. Because they did have that six button joystick. Like, yeah. I never yeah. even thought about if, playing if it. If you with play three it buttons. with a three button controller, like the original oh, that's Genesis, horrible. That, I would have just that's assumed what you it do. wouldn't even let you play the game with yeah. it. It's, oh, it's terrible. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, big big thing for shoulder buttons, yeah. but that's not all Super Nintendo. Yeah, so the, so the guys that were playing the Special Champions Edition and laughing at the Nintendo that hey we've got Turbo and Champions Edition before you got it. Well, <laughs> look yeah. at you. I Swap hope those guys had six button controllers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so like, what else did Super Nintendo? Uh, and, and also, yeah, at that same time, uh, Mode Seven. Oh, you know, yeah. the graphics were kind of... Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was huge. Kind of that rotation kind of yeah. look. Yeah, the, the, the Mode that, 7 first gave you that illusion of... Um, kind of 3D-ish yes. looking. Yeah. It, it gave you that uh, illusion of 3D, but then Nintendo, the Super Nintendo pushed it even further, and you really got into the mm. infancy of 3D gaming with this, yeah. the FX chip. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, then a few years later, I think it was around 1993, like Star Fox... Polygons was the new buzzword, and as big a deal as Mode 7 was, and they touted all of their games from Mode 7, um, the FX chip was like a true step forward in 3D gaming. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we we owe a lot. I mean, because everything's still in 3D nowadays, except there's 2D games, but they're considered throwbacks, you know, retro gaming. But we're still playing in 3D, and we oh, should yeah. be because we are in a th- we we are 3D. You know? mm-hmm. We're not just a flat surface. Yeah. And by giving us the FX chip, you know, the thing about the Super Nintendo is it lived for quite a while too. But they kept surprising us with new technologies, like every now and then mm-hmm. they would just give us a new yeah. chip when they would offer up, you know, a new cool thing like they did for Donkey Kong. Yeah. yeah. You know, we talked about how revolutionary that. Yeah. Donkey Kong Country look. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they squeezed a lot of cool things out of that Super Nintendo. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but the, that's that's our number three innovation is like yeah. the shoulder buttons, the FX chip, and um, Mode 7. Yeah. A lot of awesome. buzzwords, um, <laughs> <laughs> assuredly, but, I mean, yeah. you can't discount how important those things were. Oh, yeah. Still, still relevant to this day. All right. So, number four? Number four. What do you got? All right. We're saying the CD-ROM, which... We're saying around 1992, like for the Sega CD, because mm-hmm. I guess that's the first, I guess, console that had CD-ROM. Right. Uh, Turbo graphics. At least the had, add-on systems, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Turbo Graphics had something. Uh, it came out, I guess, technically before, but Sega CD, I think, brought it more to the forefront. Okay. Right. And then, you know, obviously, uh, the next gen of consoles was all CD, except for Nintendo 64. They were right. on cartridges. Right. But aside from that, and portables, you know, every system all the way up until, again, the Switch was CD-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, can you imagine not, I mean, it, when you went to sw- the CD, you had much more space. You didn't have to fit it all on a cartridge. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you can have better music. Uh, you could have that full motion video, which yeah. was real popular. Larger games. Much bigger yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, especially when you expanded it to like DVD and Blu-ray. Oh yeah. Um, you know, to this day, like even like a PlayStation 4 is putting out games on Blu-ray discs and you, you just couldn't do that with a cartridge. It's too yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, CD-ROM technology was really, really big. And then for a, it was like a real big buzzword for a while. Uh, even like Nintendo. I mean, the CD-ROM is, comes into a big, you know, it it's, plays a big factor because of what almost was. And because of the part, the failed partnership with Nintendo and Sony, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, then they spawned the PlayStation, which is massive. Mm. Yeah. Bigger than Nintendo, bigger than anybody right yeah. now. So, yeah, you know, like, but when I think of CD in those those early times, I think of the Sega CD, and uh, the big selling point were those two things: full yeah. motion video and in and music. Yeah, all the games suddenly just had like CD quality sound, which was really cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was a big sell, right? Cause, it was because that was the whole point of CD at the time was that you could get higher fidelity audio. Right. And I had to make my music videos with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <laughs> that was key. Well, Night Trap. Oh you know, yeah, don't yeah. forget about that. <laughs> but in all seriousness, Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. Yeah, that's uh, true. It was the first time you could seriously get a, a legit yeah. port of Dragon's Lair, which was a laser disc, which was an arcade. We're not really yeah. talking about arcade innovations. Yeah. But uh, yeah, CD-ROM guys. Yeah. I mean, well, and the other interesting thing with CD-ROM is since Nintendo for the N64 went with cartridge with SquareSoft. Final Fantasy VII was originally being developed for Nintendo 64, Ooh, but then know. they realized, point yeah, yeah, they realized they couldn't fit it all on a cartridge. And then when, with all the you know, CD development for PlayStation, they shifted that. Mm. So ever since then, you know, SquareSoft and now Square en- Square Enix, the Final Fantasy series has not typically been on Nintendo systems. Yeah, they were a Nintendo. Yeah. They they were solely mostly on Nintendo. Yeah, they were Nintendo exclusives. Sony. Imagine what, how things could have been if Nintendo yeah. was able to get their you know yeah. hands on Final if they would have gone with the CD. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But I mean, you know, they didn't. And uh, remember how expensive those cartridges were. Yeah, I think they really should have yeah. just gone with CD. Yeah. Um, but you know, load times was a major issue with CDs. Was it? I don't know. Uh, it seems <laughs> like they, they were. I mean, I, I guess it just depended we, on the well, game. Yeah, we were all kind of used to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember it like at the time, like when Nintendo 64 came out, it's like, well, you know, it, it's cartridge, everything else is CD, but you got to wait 30 seconds, you yeah. know, for that to load and this pops right up. Like, like when Mortal Kombat, uh, Mortal Kombat Trilogy was on like the PlayStation and Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. and, you know, it was a faster loading and there were like different things like Shang Tsung when he would morph into different characters like on PlayStation he couldn't morph into just everybody he, mm. he could only morph into like the ninjas that were all just palette swaps of like basically the same character yeah 
but Nintendo 64, he could morph into anybody because of the faster load times right. on the cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, so, and that yeah. was the advantage, and that's why you paid more money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's CD-ROM. Uh, what's next on our list? Of- uh, number five, the ESRB ratings, 1994, speaking of Mortal Kombat and Night yeah, Trap. Yeah, exactly. Not, not a sexy pick, but a very, very, very important yeah. innovation. Um, Around that time, it seemed like uh, the the uh, it was the youngsters versus the old people. You know, like the crotchety people in Senate and Congress. <laughs> yeah. They they were like against video games. It seemed like always like there was always an uphill battle to for like young people to convince older people that video mm. gaming was not a bad thing. And when Mortal Kombat came out, that didn't help our cause. <laughs> we all wanted to play it, but you know, there had to be. There had to be something that would allow the gaming industry to push forward, but uh, there there was absolutely nothing like the movie ratings board to prevent young people from buying these games mm-hmm. and you know being exposed to spleens being ripped out through their mouths. <laughs> so all the companies got together and they said, all right, well, we're going to come up with this ratings board to keep the government off our back and essentially let the gaming companies govern it without assistance from the government. You know, the actual you know federal government right uh so you know when they when they came out with like the you know m14 or whatever it is you know now now there since like gaming was becoming so much more realistic and the violence was so much more realistic uh they could continue to push those boundaries without fear of like the government stepping in and saying you know okay well you can't govern yourselves we're Mm -hmm. shutting it down this is not suitable for children yeah and I remember working at like a Babbage's at that time when that was going on, and you know people had to show IDs. Wow! And I remember like some parents being upset. They would send their kid in to buy the game. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. That's right. And yeah. they're like, I, I can't, I can't sell, sell you that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got into arguments with parents. I'm like, this is for your own. Like, you're not doing a very good job parenting, obviously, on your own. So like, <laughs> we have to help. We step in and say, and and I personally don't care if the kid plays it. Mm-hmm. But you know this. This is a good. This is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, we need this rating system because little little Timmy doesn't really need to be yeah. playing this. Yeah, parents mm-hmm. need to know what's going on. Right. right, and and you know like parents are as aware as they are with movies, and like there's always going to be parents that just don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and she was just more upset with being inconvenienced, having to come into the store on her by herself. Right, but yeah, that ratings board was just a massive, massive, big, big deal. Kept the government out of you know saying what could and couldn't be censorship. I mean, it's basically what I'm bowling yeah, down like, to. You yeah. know, Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo, they watered it down because this wasn't in effect yet. And due to that, it, you know, the, everybody claims that the Genesis version is better because yeah. they, they let in a secret code to yeah. allow it, even yeah. though, I mean, obviously, I mean, you look at the two games and the Super Nintendo version is better. I mean, technically it's better, but it was, it's a better game, but it was watered down and blood is what they wanted. And it's a fun game. That's what sold that game. Yeah. That is what Mortal Kombat is. The edginess of it, the violence. And then, you know, I understand why people would say, well, yeah, the Genesis version was superior, but it's just Sega was more willing to push those boundaries. That's how they got ahead in Nintendo. That was their whole strategy. Nintendo Mm -hmm. was still like coming back on like, well, you know, we have certain standards. Right. Uh, and I'm to this day they still are kind of that way. We're not doing a like a ten to one type deal, but I feel like it's really high. Yeah. 
Um, it, and it's not a technical innovation, but it it allowed it, it told the government to stay out. It saved the industry, I think. Yeah, I really believe it. It, yeah. it saved the industry, and it or if, if not saved it, it kept them from being uh, stunted. You know, yeah. yeah. All all that momentum that they were that they had during that time period would have for sure come. It would have stopped it. Definitely. Um, and so you know. Anyways, so that's our our next one. What's our six? Uh, yeah. So number six. Analog controls. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now we're getting back into the more technical. <laughs> 1995. Now, and, you know, and I don't, I don't know if, uh, you know, technically that's the first analog controls. I mean, because I guess you can say like the paddle, like on the Atari 2600, that's analog. <laughs> yeah, right. But, what um, is analog? Yeah. But yeah, but on the, uh, what was it? Sega Saturn, Nights into Dreams. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it came out with that, that new controller with that, that analog thumbstick. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love and, that controller. Uh, ever since then, there's been an analog controller on every system. Oh yeah, Mario was the first to really utilize it the best. I think. I think so yeah. too. Yes, um, but Knights. I didn't really get into right. I didn't really get into Knights like how you know. It was supposed the, to be a big deal for Sega. They really. I think really the game it itself, personally, it was okay. I mean, the controller was more interesting, right? Yes, I, I bought it for the controller, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. yeah it felt really, it felt right. That, again, it was like the D-pad. Like suddenly, we have this new way to play games, right? Yeah, and it felt just right. But right. then when you got the Mario, the way they, the, the little subtle movements but, that yeah. were now possible. Mario, Mario yeah. had all those nuances where you could tiptoe, walk. Yeah. Full run, yeah. not really. just with the stick. Not you know, because he used to, you know, you'd have to like hold a button to run, and mm-hmm. now you can yeah. just tilt, you know, gradually and further. Oh yeah. Yep. And then you later on would get like dual analog, which kind of brought like first person gaming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you you wouldn't be able because I mean like Goldeneye was fun and all, but it was really crappy to control with. Yeah. With dual analogs. Now all of a sudden you're up to speed with computer games. Yeah, you had PC person. ports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, analog controllers were a huge, huge, huge deal. Made yeah. it, it was like a quality of life type invention. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know you needed it, and you actually got it and played it, and you're like, I can't go back to D-pad anymore. Yeah, unless it's like a retro type game. Yeah. So right. imagine life before analog. <laughs> so all right. So uh, that's number number six. What's number uh, seven? Number seven, also nineteen ninety five. E three. E three. For a guy like me, who's uh, always on the websites every day, reading the news. Uh, you know, like I'm your own personal E3 consultant. It seems like a lot of times, like I'll get into the chat and be like, "Oh man, they just announced this game, and this game looks yeah, great." Yeah, I, yeah. Yep. Lately, I don't really follow it, but it, you know, back then, I mean, it was, yeah, it was oh yeah, best thing ever. Yeah. E3 was it's a big like, deal well, because it's it E3 kinda, season. It used to be the Consumer Electronics Show, and it was very closed doors only for um, media or buyers. It served a purpose, but with E3, they made it more of a spectacle. It attracted the attention of, you know, your average gamers, like your day-to-day gamers. And Martin here yeah. has actually been to E3 yeah. twice. Yeah, uh, I've been to E3 in 1999 and then in 2002. So 2002 was uh, was involved with the America's Army PC game launch. So uh, part of the kind of press pool yeah. for both those. So I can tell you, I mean, the booths at both those events were immense, huge. I mean, they just spent probably hundreds of thousands of dollars on those booths yeah. for press alone. Um, probably the majority of their budget. 
for the year uh, in oh, as far hu- as like huge marketing budgets yeah. on those. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. But very, very exciting times. You know, I mean that was if you had a new game, that's when you announced it, right? Yeah. That's that's where the new stuff down the pike was coming. Uh, and you know, so like tell us when you were there to work, were you able to get around and like play some of the games? Oh yeah. What yeah. what was the what was it like as in terms of the weights? Um well back then the weights weren't too bad. Um so in ninety nine I remember distinctly uh, Quake on Dreamcast. So they'd have an area where they had all the network Dreamcast systems on Quake. Mm-hmm. That was super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Sony was pretty big at that time. Mm-hmm. They had, uh, I think Tony Hawk had just come out at that point. As PlayStation, was it one? The original or two? PlayStation. Yeah, the original, yeah, PlayStation, the original PlayStation. He was actually there during that E3. Um, it was just more of a spectacle, right? Because yeah. they were trying to get the press to the booth. So the more, you know, uh, popular people you had there, the better the better it was. And speaking of spectacles and just getting people to the booths, booth babes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Remember uh, how that was such a huge yeah, thing back uh, in the day. I definitely have uh, some photos of those. I don't we'll probably won't be sharing. <laughs> probably those. don't have access yeah. to those anymore. <laughs> you won't have access to those. Yeah. Well, uh, out of respect for your wife, we won't yeah. be sharing. Those. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I remember like what a huge deal that was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Days. By the time two thousand two came around, that was everywhere. Yeah, um, there. Were, I know later on they got a lot of flack for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it it's not something you'd be proud to talk about, anyways. Kind no. of was like I can't believe we objectified people yeah. quite like yeah. that. Uh, so two thousand two, what was the big thing? I'm trying to think what the big thing was at was that, that point. Was that GameCube around that time? Um, I think GameCube was there. Age of Empires had just come out on PC. Um, I think Xbox was definitely hitting pretty high at that point. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that on our list is was around two thousand two. So yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, would you go back? Uh, definitely. But the way things are, you know, promoted online now, it's mm. almost like you're there now, right? Yeah. And the way like Best Buy, you know, Nintendo Best Buy, you kind of get to play the games there. Um, kind of beat the crowds and just, yeah. you know, just. Tune in online, which is what I do yeah, now. You get like the live coverage yeah. online. Yeah. yeah. Well, in every every uh, the, well, the best thing about E three now is the press conferences. You know, yeah. you every each of the big three or whatever. You know, they have their they have a day mm-hmm. to where they get to own the news cycle, and they yep. you know Nintendo gets up there. They talk about all their big things, what's coming up, and Sony has their big show, and Microsoft has their yep. big show, and it's it's the best it's ever been. And you're not even like really playing the game. You're just you're seeing like a highlight reel, like a sizzle reels of all yeah. the stuff that's coming out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you'll get a really nice long demo like they did for Spider-Man this year. Yeah. I mean, the coolest thing about going every day at E3 was they had what was called the Game Daily, which is like a really thick magazine from like the announcements. So mm-hmm. it was in that magazine. You just oh, pick that wow. up and Do see Do you still what have anything like any uh, I don't know if I still? have any of those. I'd have to go back through it, but I, I think I'll probably toss most of those. Swag was but, another big thing too. Like people would yeah. talk about coming back with like armfuls of swag. Yeah, <laughs> there was definitely swag. I had um, some E3 shirts I think I tossed out recently. They were oh, kind of old, but yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, had an E3 bag, I think, still. Yeah, yeah up like until some recently. Kind of satchel or something. Yeah, an E3 satchel. Yeah, yeah. I remember that when we went yeah. to school. Well, E3 so. now is different, obviously, than what it used to be. Now it's actually open to the public, and mm-hmm. anyone can go. Like they charge like whatever amount of money, hundred fifty dollars. Mm, wow. Um, and the lines are really super long, from what I understand. 
And I've I've heard I've just heard that you know people who have went last year, you know it's like it's just it's not what you feel like like they're everyone's like I'm glad I went and yeah. I would come I would go back, but it's just not what it was. Yeah. Um, and I guess really it's just because there just weren't as many people. You know, yeah. now now they're opening it up to like thousands of people. Like obviously, yeah. you're not going to get to see everything. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to plan it out, pick one or two things, and be prepared to wait in some really long lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was definitely much more of a trade show, right? Yeah, it, for a long very time. closed door. Yeah. And then and they stopped doing E3 I mean, they, for like a year. That wasn't even yeah, around I think anymore. They did, yeah. So I understand why they're doing what they're they're trying to keep E3 relevant and alive, and I hope yeah. it always is because it's truly one of my favorite times of the year. Oh yeah, when summer comes rolling around right around June, I know like as a gamer, you know that that's the big thing. Oh yeah, E3. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Yeah, that's that's number seven. What's right. next, Nick? So number eight, uh, we were talking about the VMU, like with the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. which then also kind of led into just having kind of that dual screen experience like like oh, the yeah. Nintendo DS you know because like, like the VMU like it would now what is the VMU what was it for well it's a memory card for the Dreamcast but it looked like a little Game Boy like yeah. if you took it out of the of the yeah. controller right and uh, it looked like a little Game Boy it had a little screen and you put it in the controller and the controller had like a little window mm-hmm. yeah and it had a D-pad so, on it it did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think two buttons. Do yeah, two, I think it had two, two buttons. buttons, and then I think it had like a little start button or something on it. Yeah, I'd, it really did look like a little Game Boy. Yeah, it <laughs> sure did. Yeah, I've got a couple of those somewhere. Yeah, I pull out. But uh, but yeah, but and it would uh, on some games because I remember like on uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica, you know that was what you looked at to know like how your life bar was, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it didn't take up space on the screen like with a HUD or anything because you could mm-hmm. just look down there and yeah. you could kind of see that little heartbeat kind of thing I remember and, for the NFL 2K games like you could pick plays on it Yeah. so if yeah. you were doing two player like in the you know for a long time you had in Madden especially you'd have like a top part and a bottom part and you were both picking your plays and you couldn't help but your eye wander you, you're one of those three players are getting picked Yeah. so but yeah so with that VMU you could look down at your controller and have a little privacy and wandering eyes can't look over yeah. you could pick yeah. and play and it, it really you know it, it took that game up another notch yeah. as far as realism goes and I think Sonic on Dreamcast had some kind of a Tamagotchi game on there where you could grow <laughs> like a, one of the, oh, the, the KO uh, creatures or, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So you could kind of take that with you, yeah. as long as the battery lasted. The I, battery I, life was horrible on those. I didn't never really mess with those things, but yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. What type of battery did it use? I don't even. It was one of those yeah. D-cell. Like, yeah, those, okay, those yeah, yeah, round yeah. flat yeah. batteries, yeah. lithium types. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, we the other thing you mentioned was actually the much much bigger deal in my opinion is that second screen experience, that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, DSs. Um, or like the Wii U pad, you know, mm-hmm. and really enhancing, giving you a little bit extra, like games Game and that, Watch, Game and Watch, yeah. <laughs> the OG second screen experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, you you had like in theory double the you know real estate. Yeah. You know, like I liked the games where you'd be in the top and then you'd go down. Like Bomberman was a cool game for the DS. I remember because like you'd have this whole area up top and you could go through like little pipes or whatever. And then there's a whole screen out at the bottom yep. with action going on. Well, and sometimes they would just be like maps, which yeah, were well, quality That's what of I was going to say. I like the ones because like, you know, those you're talking about, it just kind of just extends the screen. It extends yeah. the screen. But I like the ones where 
like you're talking about for the sports game that you you have like information like down below yeah that you some can kind of strategy or something, yeah some yeah. kind of strategy or maybe like a map like for Zelda mm-hmm. or something where you're not taking up you know real estate on the yeah. screen with some kind of a HUD or something that you can just have you know the game and then you yeah. have the extra things menus and whatever down on the second screen yeah I mean that's that's what I liked it for, and I still need to play often, the Wind Waker on the Wii U because I've heard that that comes it, in really. It handy. utilizes it very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah and imagine what Breath of the Wild would have been like if they had, you know, oh, I know. included that. Yeah. They took it out for Switch purposes, especially on the Wii U. The I, I feel like awesome. that was like mm-hmm. so underused. Oh, yeah. Like they they could have done so much more with that, yeah. and they didn't. That was a letdown. Yeah. But a very very good idea, and something that Nintendo. I mean, it's I'm kind of sad it's going away. Yeah. Uh, second screen experiences, I don't think are. I think they're not long for this world as far as gaming goes. But um, hopefully, they can find a way to. Yeah, well, keep using you know, it. I don't see why they don't do things where because everybody's got, you know, their iPhone or whatever. Everybody's got a smartphone. That it doesn't, the game won't tie into your phone, and you can use your phone as that second screen. Yeah. I don't know why that would they don't be cooler than like that. voice chat. Where you gotta yeah. use your phone. For oh, voice like on chat. Splatoon for Switch, where you can, you've got a, a companion app where you can purchase. Things oh, you know, and things I like downloaded that. that app and I haven't ever done it. Oh yeah, with it. it <laughs> seems, kind of, seems kind of garbage. Yeah, it's yeah, almost like an afterthought. Right? Well, yeah, well, yeah. for the, yeah, for that you're supposed to. It's supposed to be for like the voice chat. Which, right, that's what it's uh, yeah. yeah. Nobody Why wants would to you use do it. that? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. People keep holding out hope that Nintendo. Bit, you know, does something to include it in the system. Is there not a microphone in the Switch? Um, I, I think the main there's a issue... speaker. I don't think there's a microphone. Oh, really? There's no yeah, microphone. I, I don't know if there is. Wow. The thing I always hear That's is strange. like it's the processing. Like there's just not enough memory to push. There's not any more memory. Like they're utilizing everything they can to make it play Breath of the Wild and Splatoon. Wow. And it's just not enough. Like as sure as like the sun comes up in the morning there'll be like an XL version of the Switch come out and then that'll oh, be no. the one that right, has like right. voice chat built in you know Nintendo they're gonna they're gonna start iterating versions of the Switch like the new 3DS mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so you know and when they do that's fine I'll sell the old one and buy the new one cause I'm a sucker yeah. for you know that kind of thing <laughs> I do it with my iPhones and stuff already um but yeah that, that second screen experience was a really really cool quality of life thing oh, and, yeah. um, you know hopefully like with like tablets or uh, you know iPhones they can find a way to keep using it the way it was originally intended to be used yeah and and let us you know be able to link in with the devices we already have and not have to buy like some extra thing that would be a very Nintendo thing to do (laughs) make us buy an accessory not just Nintendo all video game consoles are guilty of that kind of thing (laughs) cool alright well that was number 8 what's our number 9 number 9 also 1998 Rumble like the Rumble Pack. Oh, like, the well, Rumble oh, Pack. Yeah. Star Fox on Nintendo 64. Yeah, was Star that Fox. the first Rumble Pack? And it comes to yeah, think of it, this is the that. second yeah. major innovation where Star Fox was like the pushing driving force. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah cuz they yeah. the FX chip. So, yeah, yeah, Star Fox in the Rumble Pad, you're right. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, for Star Fox it was just pretty much, oh, you're getting hit yeah. and it's shaking. Yeah. But I remember in the it was it Zelda, the uh, Ocarina of Time where it would shake for things like if you got like near a spot where you could bomb, like it would kind of vibrate a little like bit. Like a hint. Like, oh, like nice. Yeah. Hint. yeah. And so it, it wasn't like a necessity for that game, but it, if you had it, 
you know, it would enhance. Subtle little enhancements like that are where you really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I like it in modern day gaming where, like, if you're doing a racing game, like the way that the you know like the, if the car is revving a certain way oh yeah go like off course and it's like, like hitting a wall yeah, like, or something yeah yeah, yeah there, it really shines in a game like a race oh game, yeah like a Forza yeah. or whatever yeah. like it's really good uh, and of course you know like Nintendo is really pushing their uh, HD rumble or whatever they're calling it with the Joy Cons I still have really yet to experience anything major with it you can kind of tell it's a little bit stronger you know but. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. They made much. a huge deal about running yeah, the HD. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because they had the marbles or whatever, and the guy would hold it up. I'm like, there's three balls in here, you know? And, and unless you bought one-two sure. switch, you really couldn't. I mean, that's yeah. all one-two switch was, which is why it should have been packed in, by the way. Oh, yeah, it was a definitely. good demo to show off the hardware. Yeah. stupid. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, that HD rumble, not HD rumble, just rumble packs in general. Right. Uh, I'm glad they're built into the controllers now. You don't have to like load it in yeah. like the Nintendo 64. Like Metal Gear Solid. Huge. Metal Gear Solid big. on the PlayStation really took advantage of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, it was huge on that one. Um, and I love it when they do, when they use it for things like, you know, detection and like yeah. like a heartbeat or something to kind of yeah. let you know when things yeah. are getting more tense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rumble, it for me, when I don't, when I think of innovations, it's not something that springs to mind right away. But if you really think about it, when it's done right in those subtle ways like imagine if i bet if you were to take rumble away from controllers nowadays you would notice it yeah so i like it when they use it for like environmental like subtle things yeah well i mean it's definitely something that you know was introduced at one point and then it's just it's the norm you know that oh, yeah. they all come that way now yeah. and i'll give you an example of when you notice it when I play like games like Destiny, when the battery's about to die, one of the things it does is it cuts the rumble. Yeah. And when you're shooting, you don't feel oh, that yeah. feedback anymore. Yeah. You yeah. notice it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, away. wait, what's wrong? Yeah. Oh, my, oh, battery my battery's must be about low, to die. You know? Yeah. So you know. I know exactly what you're talking yep. about there. Yeah. So that happens in a lot of games. So yeah. you know, mm-hmm. big props to the, the rumble. Oh pad. yeah. That's yeah, because you know I don't even think it's really going until it's not. Yeah. Then you you're just so it. used to it. You it's like that force feedback. You expect it. Yeah. It's like back in the day with GoldenEye N sixty four, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty strong then on the on the Rumble there, but you you enjoyed it, right? Yeah, didn't yeah. feel right. You didn't connect with the game without it. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it's that like haptic kind of feedback. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, with virtual technology, like you know, that's gonna keep going even further. Like oh, I yeah. really love the idea of like being able to wear like gloves or something and feel things. Yeah. For real, yeah. virtual technology. Yeah. Um. So okay. Rumble Pad, that's our number nine. What's, yep. uh, we're, we're up to number ten now. Yeah, number ten, uh, Xbox Live kind of slash DLC, kind of yeah. the online, whole online, online, online experience. Yeah. yeah. Huge, huge deal. Like, finally, like, one thing that PC gamers could boast over console gamers yep. was being able to play online. And even though there were ways to play online with other systems, like, Super Nintendo had a little... What, what was that thing called? The X-Band or something? Oh, maybe... Yeah, it, it was. It, I, I know remember, Genesis had something too. Yeah, the same company. Yeah, it, it was. For both. Yeah, there was Super Nintendo and Genesis had the same thing. And yeah. I played Mortal Kombat. It was like a giant cartridge with like the phone cable hanging yeah, out. Yeah, the phone cable. Yeah. And it gave you that first, uh, you know, taste of online gaming. But the thing about it was, you couldn't find anybody to play. Right. Uh, it was very. Yeah, like we were trying to find people to play like that Weapon Lord game or whatever, because. 
there were like certain games were compatible with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, not all games. And we would compatible. wait and wait and wait, and <laughs> no, no one would come. It was there all dead day. before it even got started yeah. because yeah. not enough people bought it. Yeah. Um, but with Xbox Live, for just a few dollars extra a month, you know, you had this community of gamers they yeah. could get on like suddenly you're creating chats yeah matchmaking matchmaking one, yeah. with with halo 2 was oh yeah, yeah. change the game you yeah. know um you can't have a game like that nowadays you yeah. got your massively multiplayer games you know like well like destiny's kind of like that i mean right. heck they don't even really make games single player anymore yeah that's it's true like, and that's kind of the drawback it's like online only online first yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for nintendo catch co-oping would have been dead years ago yeah <laughs> And I don't like that. There's there's stuff like in there are certain games you can't even play unless you're online. Yeah. Like yeah. Destiny, for example, you gotta yeah. connect to the server to even play the game. Yeah. yeah. So you know if you don't have internet access or something, but but with broadband when it became a big thing in everybody's house, you could suddenly have things like Xbox Live. Yeah. And DLC, which you know we were kind of deciding. Oh, about. DLC. Yeah. It's like oh, the no. love or hate. Yeah. You know, the it depends. It. On, <laughs> it depends on how you want to look at DLC. I prefer to look at DLC as a way to extend the life of a game. I okay. love the concept. It's so gimmicky, though. Games like Destiny but... <laughs> keep the Destiny going by releasing oh. DLC. It, it's. I think it's the way it's used because I absolutely love the concept, but it's that the whole thing is marketing around that to where they plan yeah. on before the games even come out we're going to have season passes this DLC oh, yeah. and yeah. they're scheduling I never do season DLC. passes by the way ever or like skins or special characters yeah. pay five bucks come on guys yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how they entice pre-orders nowadays too like get a special you know, like skin for this that you'll never care about that's as soon as you start playing the game, you trash anyway. And it's also gotten to the point, though, that where <laughs> the game is like, you know, they're they're not even like quality control. I mean, you know, we were right. talking about quality control earlier. That well, they it's they're not even like so concerned about it. They'll release rush the, the game, game to meet a point buggy, a release date, and, and then, then patch it. it. Yeah. Well, we'll patch it later on. Yeah, yeah, that's awful. That that I absolutely hate. That yeah. games are released so buggy because yeah. you can yeah. just patch it later on. It doesn't matter. And everybody does it nowadays. And did that did that start with Xbox Live on Xbox? Because um, I want to. I thought like as long as there was a hard drive. Yeah, you know, an internet connection. Yeah, probably. I think they did start with that. Yeah, I mean, surely that. Yeah, you're right. It started with that, but I, I think it was really like around like PlayStation kind of the, Three era. The, yeah, that Xbox era that they just kept declining and getting yeah. sloppier and sloppier, right, realizing right. we'll that, release a well, broken yeah. game because we have a street date to hit. Right. Well, I know good and well that like well, that even that new Xbox Final Fantasy One, fifteen game when they, it was. Uh, oh yeah. You know, that, that Assassin's Creed game that came out on Xbox One, I forget which one it was, but whichever the launch one Aren't was. Aren't they all the same? Yeah, yeah. they are. <laughs> that's why I forget. You mean the one where you jump from high up? On the tower? <laughs> yeah. that it's had, all like, a dream, a, right? Yeah. That had like all those graphical errors and everything. Where, like, oh, that was they, the f- one in France. I can't remember what yeah, it was. Yeah, it, just, it was just, it got released like so awful. It was like so unplayable. Yeah. It's a regular everyday occurrence now. Like stuff for Switch is kind of guilty of that too. You know, like I'll buy a game and then set it aside and go like, well, I'll play it when well, it's patched. They'll fix it later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of games that I've done that, and like I just accept it now. It's just like the way it is. Yeah, well, that, well, that's awful. Probably the worst is No Man's Sky. No. Oh, when that boy. game was 
release to what yeah, it is now, I mean, point. it's completely different. To their yeah. credit, though, they keep releasing free updates, and it's more like, I think, the game now. But by yeah. now, you've moved on. I you think don't really they, they kind of have to to save face, They have right? to save face. I mean, they were if they didn't, burned they would, on that. Nobody would ever buy a game from them. Yeah, you know? I mean, because expansion packs were, like, always a thing with PC games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you didn't know like new quests. You didn't know yeah. buying that game new that hey, in X number of months this expansion pack is already coming out down the road like they do with DLCs where yeah, they're yeah. already like here's the season 1 pass. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, that, I'm not crazy about the season where they they've scheduled these things before the games even come out. And doesn't it feel yeah. like with Zelda Breath of the Wild like most of these things could have just been in the game to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much the next, you know, like quest thing that's coming out. I feel like sure. they ran out of time, you yeah. know, with that because they were under pressure to get it for Switch, which is ridiculous because yeah. that game was in development for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, I was gonna say that Final Fantasy 15 game was kind of notorious because they kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it every year, push it, push it, push it. Well, they finally was just like, we gotta release it. And then the day you even got it, like you couldn't even play the game until you downloaded this like really big wow. download, this patch. Oh, yeah. You couldn't that. even play it. Like you put the disc in, it wouldn't let you play it. You had to download the patch. <laughs> the, what the, happens the if the you term have day internet. one patch? You couldn't play it. You couldn't play the game. You couldn't play the game. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, why yeah. is day one patch a term? I know, yeah. right? And that's a very that's in our vernacular now. Yeah. Like we that's just a thing. So, you know That but, should not be a thing. It shouldn't be a thing. Uh, in a in a way, I'm glad that it is a thing because like you at least have hope that a game will I mean, because maybe I, get better. Like Destiny, for example, I am happy with that you DLC. have this True. ability that you. But it's can not the patch. same game from when it came out, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I think they just kind of released it before it was done. Yeah. And it, that game is way different than when it first came out. But I mean, to be fair, I really enjoyed it when it came out. Like a lot of people complain. Yeah, I, I really it was great it. when it came out. I loved it when yeah. it came out. But then all the add-ons, I mean, made it, it way better. Was, it made it way better, but it wasn't the same game. Right. Yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. Um. So you know, and then like another legitimate reason, like when they do balancing and stuff like that, like that's cool. Yeah. Because yeah. you know you're working to keep making the game better. You're trying and, to keep the communities yeah. like when and they do a things, lot of that balancing, like you don't even know, like in the testing, like you're yeah. you're balancing some things in testing, but until it gets like out in the wild, yeah. I mean it just blows up. Yeah. And so yeah, I, yeah. I get it's that. True. You know, and people talk like events, like you know, Splatfests are really fun. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not DLC, but that's just like. It's online community events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that keeps it fresh. Keeps and, it oh, fresh. Okay. And I think yeah. that was the, to me, that's what DLC was supposed to be. Yeah. Keeping a game fresh. But yeah, they. you're right. I mean, it's kind of gone down this nuts, like that microtransaction type road. Oh, yeah. Where they're mm-hmm. just trying to flush more cash out of you. Yeah. And not really trying to improve or enhance the game. Just way, a way to make money off Right. Of but nevertheless, Xbox Live and DLCs part of our lives and I think for the most part it's a good thing Nick's not so sure (laughs) well it's just if it would be used properly yeah when it's used properly it's a great thing it can be a great thing yeah so yeah Yeah. we'll see where it goes in the future but for sure Xbox Live we'll give that's a big thumbs up DLC we're a little new <laughs> all right, so what's number eleven? Let's get back to something we can all agree on is great. All right, well, wireless controllers. Oh god, oh, yeah. yeah. Thank goodness for cutting the cord. Yeah, <laughs> no longer being tethered to yeah. controllers. I, I yep. used to put like 
a little like colored stickers around the ends of the cords, like around the end where it plugged in and in the end, like up by the controller. So you could look and be like, uh, yeah, the blue one is player one. I got the blue one, you know, because they're so tangled up. But just getting away from wires and the tangling, it's, you know, it's one of the best innovations. Yeah. It's it's maybe in the top five. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There, there were wireless controllers before this, like I know well, there we was were one on the, the NES. Did you mention the wave I, I did not, and that's what I'm getting ready to mention. Yeah, because yeah. I, you know, I even think I, I've seen an advertisement for like a wireless Atari 2600 controller. Oh, oh my wow. god, serious? I'm almost. Positive. I remember the NES ones. I had one. Yeah, I'm that. almost oh, positive. Yeah. I've seen garbage. Garbage. The infrared ones. Infrared yeah. line of sight. <laughs> yeah. Like but, you had to practically be like right up on it. Yeah, but the, I wasn't on a cord. The yeah. wave bird. I batteries think, like Oh yeah. The wave bird. I think was the first to really successfully have a nice wireless controller yeah. and and then after that it was it was now just standard yeah yeah it became standard um i i think sony personally perfected it with the dualshock controllers uh, definitely yeah. um i love those dualshock controllers and then like 360 had some really nice controllers but yeah. now yeah you can you imagine getting a system nowadays with a walk like a cord? Yeah. Like, what am I, a caveman? <laughs> like, it, uh, we were talking about the RetroPie stuff, and one of our friends, yeah. Chris, was like, well, you can get, uh, you can use a 360 with the cord. And he was like, no, 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 no. I don't. Yeah, because he had mentioned using the 360 controller. Yeah. And I'm like, well, but in order to do that, don't I have to get that dongle, the that USB dongle for yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I use mine with the wire. What? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, you know, but the WaveBird, and then later on, like we talk about some of this, it's just a standard thing. It's, yeah. it's again, it's the D-pad. It's the shoulder button. It's the rumble technology. Yeah. It's ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just can't imagine life without a you know, wireless yeah. connector. And it's, it seems like a very simple thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I won't play with a wired controller anymore. Like, I hate that NES Classic has that little short it's so wire. so short. Oh, man, that's oh yeah, ridiculous. Um, it's like the old Famicom. It's so short. Oh, my And gosh. it's shorter than the original Nintendo controller was. Yeah, what's yeah. up with that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think the SNES Classics have longer wires. A little bit. Not Hopefully. much. <laughs> Not much. But, you know, thank goodness for those, like, you know, like, uh, 8-bit dough things or whatever. They're yeah. wireless. Yeah. You can, yeah. you know, you can get around it. But, you know, right away, we're looking for ways to get around those short wires. Yeah. And like, well, is there an adapter I can buy to put on there and make it wireless? Yeah. I can't play this. I don't care if it was like that back in 85 or not. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wireless controllers. I mean, what else oh, can yeah. you say about that? Yeah, yeah. We all agree yeah. that it was, it's essential nowadays. Oh, yes, yeah. Absolutely. Must have. Yep. All right. And rounding up our list. All right. Well, 12. number 12, that it, it might be kind of gimmicky, but I mean, you got to admit that it was an innovation that definitely sold consoles. Motion yeah. control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love them or hate them. Yeah. Definitely the, sold the, the waggle Wii. games. Yeah. <laughs> Bowling. Bowling yeah. is great. The yeah. best use of motion controls, in my opinion. Yep. It, that game is still super fun to play. Uh, it, it really does a good job of like registering. Now, there are yeah. times where motion control is great. And yeah. Like on uh, the uh, the Wii version of like uh, Metroid Prime, where it would have like the motion Oh, yeah, uh, the improved version and, of it. And, and you're, using, you're using the nunchuck to run around, but you're aiming with yeah. the motion control. Yeah, yeah. That's I great. mean, that is absolutely the best way. And they yeah. did that with Resident Evil 4. On the Wii, also that's right. Yeah, that, that's definitely the best that's way to play cool. that. Yeah. I hate it when Nintendo would really but when push there's it some on sort of gimmick yeah. like that with, forces like it on games. you. 
Yeah, well, and, and they like kind of uh, messed the Zelda game up. Yeah, there where you're that. slicing. Now, yeah. I mean, admittedly, like the uh, the slicing on Zelda with um, Skyward Sword was better, hmm. but I still just don't. It's give fun me... for like a second, and then you're just like, I don't. A chore, play right? This. It's a yeah. chore. Yeah. yeah, I I don't I don't want that in my Zelda games, and like that Street Fighter game that's on the Switch. Where it's oh got like that God, mode, the Hadouken like <laughs> mode, where you hold the two things and you're doing like yeah. Hadouken. Yeah, I tried that out once, and it's awful. Uh, it's all I've heard is how awful. terrible it is. And yeah, I I hate and it. And how can when, you sell that as a feature? Like you made that game, you know that doesn't work yeah. well. Feature like, gimmick, yeah, <laughs> gimmick, and yeah. gimmick, and you know, it comes up a lot when people talk about motion when controls. it works, especially with Nintendo. Well, that's pretty Xbox, common, they, right? You know, they they included that Connect accessory, which was supposed to be like the central hub of like. Oh Xbox yeah, and yeah. And uh, you know, it, they they have good intentions, I think. Yeah. To when they release these things, but then they just drop support on them so much, yeah. so yeah. fast. Yeah. But uh, the Wii modes, yeah, it, it made it made the Wii. It became right. it was if it wasn't for the motion controls. Granny wasn't going to be playing, the, you know, the Wii. Right. <laughs> exactly. When it works, it works, but don't force it on us. Yeah. Like right. with Mario Kart Wii. Well, now you got to hold a steering no. wheel in the yeah. air. And Never. No. no. That was no fun. No. I did not like that. And I don't know if I'm just a lazy gamer, but <laughs> it it just doesn't enhance. It doesn't enhance, and that's the thing. Does it yeah. enhance gameplay like a Rumble does? Something that's subtle and or wireless, which is just cuts the cord. It you enhances know. with the first-person shooter games. Oh, yeah. definitely. Which there weren't yeah. enough on the Wii or the you know yeah. the Wii U. It's just surprising. It's like they had the perfect controls for it. And yeah, and you know it games. was it was really neat when you know somebody's playing like Super Mario Galaxy. And oh a, yeah, and a second player no. is just kind of yeah, like chilling out watching, do, yeah. and, and they can like poke it, you know, point at the little gems. Yeah, if you had like yeah. a little and, kid or something that wanted to play, you could hand yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And so that was yeah. cool. You know. Yeah, um, but don't, for sports games it made sense, and for like the shooter type stuff yeah. for Metroid Prime, it makes but don't sense. golf games. Yeah, definitely with sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they it really shine with the different versions of like Wii Resort, Wii Sports. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the uh, the archery on that uh, Wii Resort uh, Plus or whatever mm-hmm. the second one was called. Yeah, and they enhanced that was them, really you know, fun. Like, they, they came out with a, like version two of motion control. Yeah, that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, they had the add on and then the updated. Wiimote. And it made a difference. Oh, so. definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Nintendo's raised the white flag. They you, they still have sort of capabilities on the Switch. Yeah. But it, it seems as though motion controls has had its day. And yeah. It's, and on the Wii U, it was pretty much phased out. You know, it was in the in the gamepad a little bit. I think but, the Wii U was the motion controls might have been like one of the sticking points of why it failed. Just I personally. think so, yeah. There, there was such a stigma by then. Yeah. And there were a lot of crappy games for the Wii. It had like a App Store type feel for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you would go in the GameStop and it'd just be like garbage titles Walls everywhere. of garbage. A yeah, handful absolutely. of quality games. And, yeah. and all of which had their own plastic attachment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tennis rackets. <laughs> you name it. Guns. I tried to forget that era. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It, it had its fun times but it also was kind of yeah because because you couldn't yeah. just swing the wii remote no, you had to stick had to a plastic like attachment racket, yeah. on yeah. it yeah. i'm playing tennis for real <laughs> that's right all right <laughs> look mom and then grandma's there was, playing there was that balance that we balance thing that was oh out. yeah, yeah. yeah. exercise yeah. uh remember nintendo really tried to make a big deal out of that yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then they even the did Reggie, like the, the plus ready, version that of that. Famous meme. <laughs> there was like the Wii Fit and then Wii Fit Plus. They upgraded that. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And I could appreciate. I mean, it did get people moving. Um, there, there were people that were online talking about how they lost weight solely from playing Wii. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, like it, it did some stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. It wasn't all bad. Yeah. And you know, at the time, it was what everybody wanted. Like, right. ooh, imagine what this would be like with motion controls. You know, <laughs> like we get really excited. They did a good job selling us that yeah. feature. Um, but you know, with uh, and with virtual reality, like it's essential too, because like PlayStation has those um, move controllers. Mm. Um, you have to. I mean, that's not like an essential thing for virtual reality in general. But they, it's neat to see them repurpose motion controllers somehow to make it work with virtual reality. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think virtual reality would be much better when they get more along the lines with like the um, the the Hive or the Vive, not the Hive, those controllers. Yeah, it'll be it'll be much better when they get there. Yeah, I said I wasn't going to shout out virtual reality, but I guess we should go ahead and shout it out. Well, it did kind of augmented reality itself. and virtual reality. It's yeah. more of like it's 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 better now. Like virtual reality is something that gaming companies have been chasing for many years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, now we're at a point where you can actually get fun virtual reality experiences. Like, I have a PSVR. You've played the Vive. Martin, yeah. have you experienced uh, I have VR? done some VR stuff, yeah. Yeah. It, it's really cool. I mean, like, finally I feel immersed in a game mm-hmm. with VR, which I've never really felt immersed. Mm-hmm. I really, really want to play that Mario Kart VR thing they have over in Japan. Oh, yeah. That looks oh, so wow. I haven't cool. heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's a game made for the Vive. And, uh, you know, they have the little carts you can sit in. They always get the cool stuff in Japan. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, it looks really cool. If you get a chance to, like, Google some of the footage of that. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll want to play it, too. It looks fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, that that's a really solid 12 or 15 or so <laughs> innovations. Wow, yeah. And we've, we've come a long way from the uh, Atari 2600. The NES really kicked up the innovations, and we just kept going. Nintendo really was an innovative company. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they continue to do yeah, that. They still are. You know? they, they're always yeah, pushing. Definitely. Uh, where I feel like Microsoft and PlayStation, Sony, like they just keep going with that status quo. Sony is taking a big chance with PSVR, so that's not fair. Yeah. And, X, and Microsoft's responsible for Xbox Live. Yeah. But uh, Nintendo yeah. constantly pushes. Yeah, like, well, I mean, Nintendo with the Switch. I mean, I think it's so innovative. And, and you can argue that the design of the controller has suffered a little bit because of wanting to do this, but mm. being able to split the controller in half to hand, you know, to yeah. turn it on its side, and here's two controllers. Now I have a controller, you have a controller. Time will tell, like, yeah. if people a year from now still are putting it in tabletop mode and handing off the Joy-Con and playing. Mm-hmm. Time will tell if people will do that anymore or if they'll just use it like a handheld, which yeah. is right. basically what Or just mainly dock it. I mean, or I, mainly dock it. Yeah. I think but that's it's your really choice. Cool. Like, that's you know, right. If, if I'm out there, you know, playing it and I, I'm playing Street Fighter, whatever, and somebody comes up and they see me and they're interested and I'm like, well, here, take, you know, take it apart and yeah. set it up and here's a controller and let's play. I have yeah. a feeling that with how big the Switch has become in such a short period of time, which is really an underdog story. Like nobody oh, yeah. really believed in it, but now everybody wants it. it um, you're going to start seeing other companies start to think about creating their own hybrid, you know, consoles. Yeah. Uh, Sony 
I, I have a feeling, especially Sony, because the Vita was, you know, like the end of their line of handhelds. Yeah, unfortunately. You know? I mean, the Vita had a lot of potential. It did. You know? I like I like the Vita. Oh, yeah. I have one. And it's, it's a it's, quality system. I really enjoyed, the, like, being able to stream your games. Like, it was cool to play Destiny at work, you know, because <laughs> like, you could connect to it. And, you know, it yeah. had its limitations, of course, but... Um, I could see Sony like going, well, let's try another console. Like we'll have our flagship PlayStation, yeah, but we'll also have like a hybrid. And I think people are going to want to see that. Yeah. So, you know, Nintendo once again, is just like pushing things. Do you think it'd be Sony to do that or be maybe Microsoft? I don't think Microsoft will. I yeah. think Microsoft's more than happy to stick with their Windows 10 and their Xbox. Yeah. And I think if, if Microsoft could just get away with either one of those two, they would. Yeah. But I, I think they're just not going to abandon the console because they've invested so much in it. Yeah. I do not see them trying to get involved into a handheld or a yeah. hybrid. But I think if they would, it would be just like on their Windows phone. You know, yeah. that would be their Or handheld. like a Surface device or yeah. something. Yeah. I, I don't think they would put out And they've like already a separate... like, you know, you can play on your, like, you know, through Windows Streaming 10. And you can stream it, yeah. I, I, just, I think Sony would be the one to do it. And, uh, well, and they've got the experience with PSP and Vita. Right? Yeah, they do. And they, they have... Like you said, they have experience, yeah. and they have—they certainly have the war chest to do it. They, sure, they got yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, uh, they, Sony hasn't had a PlayStation Three was like their one big misstep, and right. it kind of gained momentum towards. Yeah, the they came back. It came back. Um, so yeah, I think Sony would be the one. I, yeah. I could totally see Sony like surprising people and be like, "Here's our hybrid, and it'll blow away the Switch," I, and then you'll have that division once again of Nintendo and yeah. Sony people going oh, at yeah. it. Because, I mean, right now, Switch is so unique. It's accepted to say, well, I'm going to play certain games on my mm -hmm. PlayStation or my Xbox, yeah. and I'm going to have this whole unique experience on my Switch. But when soon as Sony gets involved or somebody, you're going to start seeing the Switch decline again. Because yeah. it'll be, as Nintendo often does, they're following, they're, they're chasing, you know, they, they never... They're, they're limited in their power, and a lot of times they don't have the most powerful console. Well, I think that's intentional, right? I mean, if you Is look it? at all... I mean, well, I mean, with the Wii, the Wii U, the GameCube, I mean, I think they try to get, you know, like the cheaper graphics chips, right? So they're they're looking to probably make a little bit more money I guess on you're the right. They, they, have, they have said, I mean, they're not interested in being like the highest. Yeah. Know, to like leave that to Sony and Microsoft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But fans want them to. Fans definitely There's do. no doubt yeah. that a fan would be like, I will buy a souped-up version of a Switch today if you released yeah. it. Yeah. So, and I, I have no doubt that there will be a Switch replacement in a year and a half, two years. Yeah. 2019, by the time 2019 comes along, we'll all be playing on a different Switch. So, that's just my prediction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's been our uh, show. Um if uh, I, I don't know if we'd mentioned anything where, that would require uh, photos from, you said you might have some E3 photos, not yeah, food babes, but yeah. <laughs> of some other things. We'll see what I locate. Yeah, yeah but you know, check out our Facebook page <laughs> yeah. for anything that we uh, can think of. We'll put up on there. Nick's usually really good about that with his famed museum. Yeah, uh, so that's the Bit Geeks, and um, check us out there. Um, Martin, thanks again for showing. Yeah, thanks uh, for I, having I hope me to having you, yeah, hoping you on future episodes. It's been really yeah, fun. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been fun, yeah. Uh, I've been your host, Ron Avis. I'm Nick Wright. I'm Martin Reimer. We'll see you next time.